0: Retrograde. That is so
1: retrograde. Oh my God, we Shalom did it. Shalom the
0: hello one. And also the peace one. Yes,
1: always the peace one. Always. Um, how are you, Steph? I'm doing well. Welcome home.
0: Thank you. Elizabeth was on a long and arduous wellness journey that looked quite fun. It was quite fun. What was one of your main takeaways?
1: Ooh. Well, you know, I went to facilitate this trip, so I had done the trip previously. I've discussed previously how it was a highly transformative trip experience and it was really incredible to just be there and be of service for other people who are going through the intensity of of what the trip is Mm -hmm. um so just showing up for other people was amazing and then just showing that I that I could lead in that way it's kind of rare that we get the opportunity to be counsel like that you know yeah so I I didn't realize I had it in me in the way I did. Congrats. So that was fabulous. And then just, you know, it was very cool to, we did a a gratitude practice every morning, which we had the 50 people in the group got together and we had various leaders, like meditation people, people who are big in like the dance world, like all different aspects of wellness lead these like highly powerful, profound 10 minutes and there's something about doing that type of work in a group mm-hmm. that was so special and really kind of inspired me to up my game in, in the gratitude moment. As we know, we talk about that all the time, the five things you're grateful for, blah, blah, blah. Coming from a place of gratitude at all times, that's what we're about here at So Retrograde. But to just ex- like explore that further, that was a huge takeaway. And what was the favorite thing that you ate? Ooh, hummus. Okay. <laughs> hummus, hummus. And I had probably the best falafel ever of my entire life at the Shook in Jerusalem, which is like their big market, night market. Yummy. It was special. How about you, Steph? I'm great. Okay, yeah. perfect. So we're really excited. We have Sophia Bush, actress activist activist if you will and friend and friend um she's you know she's in the public eye a lot of women and girls look up to her and respect her but as a friend she's someone who I look up to and respect so much she just walks the walk and talks the talk and uses her platform in the public eye to just shine such light on the world and important causes that's so inspiring so let's just pick her brain about all the things. Okay. We're practicing Sorry. deep, okay. deep gratitude right now because we have one of my dear friends and just total badass woman herself, Sophia Bush. Welcome to the show. Wee-hoo. I'm so excited Yay. to be here. You
2: also just made me really emotional. You looked into my eyes when you said that and I fully got teary. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> Oh, that That last full moon really just <laughs> Damn, <cracked> you guys. <laughs> my little heart open.
0: Feeling a little dead inside because I'm not crying. It's <laughs> <Well, laughs> okay. We'll get there. Should I? Goals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get um, me to cry with end deception and I'll Imu give you $10. Told me, <laughs> Imu told me
2: today,
1: she goes, your goals. And I was like, I'm what? Your goals. So, Soph, your
0: goals. Which goals. means like, we want to be we you. We want to be you. Right. So... There you go. Now you tell us we're, we're now we're goals to you. <laughs> you new- are goals <laughs> to me. I was just very taken aback. I'm like, shit, I'm still trying to figure out how to be myself. Yeah, same. Aren't <laughs> we all
1: though? great? Honesty. That's there. the thing. Um, you know what I love about you on that honesty tip? Um, we, I'm going to share a little anecdote. When we first became friends, we were sitting next to each other at a dinner party, mm-hmm. and it was an I am that girl dinner, of course, where we go around. Former TSR guest. Former TSR guest, found mm. co-founder Emily Greener, mm-hmm. love. Um, we go around and we uh, all share I am a badass because.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I don't remember what you said, but I was just like nodding and like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, like to like whatever you said was so inspired. And then, you know, we've been dear friends ever since and you continue to inspire. Thanks,
2: boo-boo. And um, did all that.
1: So we're excited to have you on here to just like chat wellness and life and
2: all that shit. I remember though I th- that dinner because, you know, obviously everybody has the right to share when they've nailed something, done something. I don't know why we always, you know, knock on our successes by being like, oh yeah, I mean, I know I did that, but have it you was seen whatever. what I look like or it was whatever, it wasn't a big deal or I didn't do this. You know, it's so awful, but I, I remember that night listening to so many of our friends have these things to celebrate and things to talk about and struggles they were being honest with. And I was just like, you know what, I kind of feel like I'm a badass right now because I'm actually admitting that I'm having a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I sort of launched into mm. this really
0: deeply vulnerable thing and was like, so anyway, that's me. Nice to meet everyone here. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but when you do that, I feel like it gives other people permission. Because sometimes I feel – I've been in those environments where we were at one recently. We were sitting around a table and everyone's like, so what are you doing, like, to help the environment? And, like, I had to, like, scour my brain to think (laughs) of something positive when what I really wanted to say was, like, not enough. And so when you say, like, I'm I'm just having a hard time, it gives other people permission to not have to be, like, giving – a positive reason sometimes. You know, like I feel like in those situations it can be difficult to be like, I don't know.
2: I also feel like that's an
0: expectation that gets placed on
2: women in a really interesting way Mm. because when you are successful, no one who's listening to this can see me air quoting, but it's like when you're successful, when you're, whatever you are it's like you guys live in LA and you do comedy and you do all these amazing things and you do this great podcast and you're a wellness expert and you have a fashion company and you know I'm an actress and I'm on television and I'm an activist and I speak at the White House and people are like oh my god those girls have nailed it yeah and it's like well no those are pieces of the puzzle but other pieces of the puzzle are deeply difficult traumatizing really rough there's emotions and life and complications and all the things people don't see like Mm -hmm. Instagram is a highlight reel PS there's so much Mm. other stuff happening And, and people very often look at us and think well she has her shit together so her life is perfect and that's not The experience.
0: You don't see me crying under the full moon.
2: Totally. (laughs) That's not on Instagram. Totally. (laughs) You know, not posting that on Snapchat, but thanks. Because that's like – filters and tears. (laughs) Just like (laughs) – You know, that's my private time for me. But there's there's so many facets to a woman, to anyone really. Yeah. You know, it, it bugs me that we're supposed to be, like, pretty and together and fabulous all the time. I'm like, bitch, I'm stressed. Yeah. You know? And, like, I don't know what to wear out of my house sometimes. And it's, it's, it's nice when you can sit in a room full of people and talk about what's great and own it. And then also own that while things are great, things are immensely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one does not excuse the other. They they exist simultaneously. It's so. just
0: really important to acknowledge that because it lets you off the hook. Like I think a lot of people with the internet culture look at people in the in public and do that exact thing. Well, if I just mm-hmm. have this thing I can be like that or mm-hmm. and then they're constantly like beating themselves up. I've done it where of like this idea of perfection, like striving for this thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's just never gonna, it's just all about being like okay with all of it. Right. I mean, who knows how to do mm-hmm. that?
1: Sharing vulnerabilities up in this. <laughs> I
0: feel like after 31 years old, it's all about just owning your tears. You know, is it's, it? it's <laughs> all about just like being okay with the I darkness. I love that. <laughs> and then it's fine. Imperfection is beauty, something like that. Yeah. Right. Something like that. I like that.
2: to always say it can be perfectly imperfect.
0: Mm. You know? You're so good with those one-liners,
2: damn with, girl. Um,
1: I want to talk about Year of Yes, which you came up with. Like, probably I don't know, came up with, but like, yeah. planted into. Well, it was 2011. My, yeah, planted into
2: my yeah. head.
0: Did you come up with it after you saw the Jim Carrey movie?
2: Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, my 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 roommate, who's one of my very best friends in the world, and I were just like. Hitting kind of a rough point, not with each other, um, just individually as women, you know, and in the way that we're sitting around having this conversation, we were like sitting around the kitchen table and, and just talking about how fear and anxiety can cripple your life, you know, like they just take you out at the knees. And there's always a reason when you think about something you want to do or try an adventure, a job, whatever, it's like, oh, but this, oh, but that, oh, but I don't have the money, oh, but what if nobody likes it, oh, but what if it's not funny, oh, what if it's not successful, oh, you know, I work in TV, and if I just try to, like, do some funny thing on YouTube, and it's not perfect the first time, people are going to be like, see, we always knew that bitch wasn't creative, like, the the, the demons kind of come out, right. and we were just saying, you know, we have to stop letting fear make the answer to our dreams no
0: mm. we have to just
2: say yes so let's commit for the next year every time something comes up an invitation for a trip an experience a dinner whatever we're gonna say yes so we coined the year of yes and 2012 was our first year of yes and Elizabeth and I actually had this great thing it was that summer I was home from work and we invited one gazillion people over to my house for a non-denominational Shabbat and it was like 25 people and then it was 60 people and our friend Austin came over and who's now in, engaged by the way to one of our other best friends which is hey, the best Austin, Gina. Um, Hi. Hey guys we love you <laughs> uh, Magic Giants awesome get the record um so Austin and I are standing there and he's helping me cook something and I was like I'm so glad you came and he was like yeah when I got the call like I was in Venice, who cares man? I said yes cuz it's the year of yes. Have you heard about this? And I looked at him and I and I go, "Are you fucking with me?" cuz I thought he was joking. And yeah. he was like, "No." And and I was like, "Austin, that table is where that was born (laughs) and we traced back all of our friends who'd been talking about it and he was like oh my god this came from you it's totally changed my life this year that's amazing and like my girlfriend Anjali who is a total baller brilliant formal former Google executive who's like writing a book now about soul searching who's in New York was like oh the year of yes changed my life as a young parent oh the and and for all of our friends it took on lives for each of us and and spread out from us and changed from us and I remember as the year was coming to a close I had all of these little rings made that said yes in French these little we rings that we like gave to a bunch of our friends and we joked we were like we're officially sister wives we're married (laughs) um and we were saying that at the end of every year we should pass these things around and they should just end up where they end up because whoever needs them will get them you know very like it will be called to you kind of thing let um, Jesus take the wheel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, and we were talking about it, and Anjali was like, can we please have another year of yes? Like, can we just do it again? And we were like, yeah, this was a test run. This was beta. So <laughs> 2013 will be the year of yes 2.0, and then it turned into, you know, on a group text, like, forget that. This is the year of motherfucking yes which I then made my email signature and then got a very offended email back from a woman who uh, ran a furniture store that I liked and then I changed it back to a year of yes 2.0 but it was it was just such an interesting thing because it was it was becoming something that that we all learned how to rely on Mm. and it also taught me very valuable lessons about saying no
0: okay so this is what I I, that's Mm -hmm. what I started thinking so Mm -hmm. because I've been thinking about this a lot lately actually I've been being like trying to be more um, open to receive Mm. because I was told that I'm not. So, you're just, I'm, you're just here to connect.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to connect.
0: That's a joke that Elizabeth and I have because she says I have like resting pitch face. And I'm like, I just want to make friends, whatever. <laughs> Different thing. She's
2: like, not going to happen with that with face that on your hugging face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just my face. My eyebrows are severe. Um, okay, no, but so I've been like meditating and open to receive. And like it started to change my relationship to situations because mm. I would have that initial resistance and then. That thing that I've been cultivating was like, no, you're working on staying open. So I've been doing that. Mm. But, like, as a result, it's been more of a lesson Mm -hmm. in how to say no and why it's important. Because Mm. specifically with, like, this is going to sound so dumb and trite and sorry, but with dating situations. Yep. Like, I don't want to fucking go out with every person that asks me out. And I know that's, like, a really ridiculous problem to be having. But it's actually but it's not. Like, I, I don't want to. And so, I don't because know. Because again,
2: as women, we're taught to just be nice exactly. all the time.
0: And you don't need to do that. You get to cultivate and curate your relationships on all fronts. Exactly. But I'm having like a neurotic experience with the yes, no thing where mm-hmm. I'm like, how do I say no nicely, but maybe I shouldn't? Like, I'm, I'm still in that like doubtful, I like maybe like- it's still a yes thing, but I think the yes is just. Saying yes saying to, yes to no, yeah. Saying yes to yourself
2: yeah. and like
1: what feels good for you, yeah, exactly. And then you can say no,
2: yeah. Because it's less about yeah, exactly saying yes to other people. It's really about learning how to trust your own gut, yeah. 100%. And I'm still struggling with that, by the way. And I've been in a year of yes for five years, basically.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but you're also still 25. You know, <laughs> you're a gem. <laughs> Thank you.
2: uh, but but truly, saying yes to so many things also taught me how to really understand what I wanted versus what I didn't. And one of our really good friends, Mm. Azita, who's a total, we're talking about witch moments, like a total witch, in in our coven said the most intelligent thing. She said, what I've learned to do is in any moment when I'm asked a question or or I have an opportunity, there's a very fast response that happens. Mm -hmm. And if you can just hear it, regardless of what you choose to do with it, your body, your your soul, your mind will either say yes, please, or no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And when you really, truly decide that you only want to fill your moments with your life with the yes, please moments, the no, thank yous become much more apparent mm-hmm. because you get that feeling of like, I call it the gentle Heisman, like where, where your hands kind of ha. want to go, uh, yeah. like, no, I just want to push back from this moment a little bit. And and when that's happening, then you say no because yeah. that's a yes for
0: yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely like an, a heady experience.
2: Mm-hmm. And then you also realize when you might be knowing yourself in a way that's not cool. Like, and I don't mean knowing, I mean saying no. Um, because at, at the start of our sort of second in a row year of yes – My friend Anjali, who is writing a book, and a couple of our other friends were like, you have to write a book about the year of yes. And I was like, what in the hell? Does anybody want to read a book about anything I have to say? Also, it's a thing that exists. It's not something that I can give someone a chart for. On the back end of it now, I'm kind of like, I probably could have done that. But I was afraid. (laughs) Like, I was feeling inadequate, and I was feeling small, and I was feeling like that would be opening me up in such a vulnerable way to the world judging the most tender part of me. And I was scared. And so I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I, I'm walking past a Barnes and & Noble, and I see the year of yes in the window. And I'm like, what the shit? And Shonda Rhimes wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was like, what's happening? And I got 400 text messages from friends all over the country and all over the world being like, you know, who wore it better? Bitch stole your book. And I was like, first of all, it's Shonda Rhimes. She's the best. I don't even know what it's about yet. But then I read Big Magic talk about the women who teach us. And Elizabeth Gilbert talks about having the exact same experience with another writer who she adores. And that ideas are our souls. They're energetic. Mm -hmm. And and they come into being when they're really ready to be born. It's like it's the reason everyone's on the wellness tip right now. Mm -hmm. Because it's so important. It's the reason that Things sort of come to being in consciousness all around the world at the same time because those ideas are being given to us. We are these sort of channels. We're these vessels. And she talks about how she had this fantastic idea and things got busy and some stuff in her personal life shifted around and she put the book in a box, stopped writing it, took it out a while later. It just didn't feel right. She didn't feel like it belonged to her anymore anymore. And then she was at a conference and sat down with this writer who she loves and said, what are you working on? And the woman said, oh, I'm just wrapping up this book and it's about, and ran her through the identical plot line to the book she'd started writing three years prior. And she was like, oh, right. I didn't pay attention to my idea. And just like a lover, if you don't pay attention to the things that are in your soul, they'll leave you to find out to find someone who will
0: Uh, and like
2: you know my idea left and Shonda Rhimes wrote the book and I'm like pretty pumped we shared some brain space you're welcome I channeled it (laughs) I gave it to you but she was probably experiencing it at the same time I was you know happy stuff that we just
1: you know talking about wellness smoking weed sitting on my porch and like did something about it totally yeah
2: (laughs) p.s. you guys did it you didn't listen to the thing that tells so many of us, you can't do that. You're not good enough for that. Well, we had each and other being like, we're, we're amazing. <laughs> but no, you're like you're like smoking a joint and you're like, no, but like seriously,
1: you are so amazing. <laughs> we might be brilliant. Well, <laughs> um, no, I mean, when this, to be vulnerable, when we were, you know, when this idea was picked up, this concept, mm. I definitely went through, you know, Stephanie's for, forward-facing. She's on the stage. She's doing comedy. She
0: has a microphone in her face. Sometimes I, it's comedy. Sometimes it's a little bit sad. I definitely... It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the things. But that's uh, the truest thing that's ever things. been said about comedy. <laughs> yeah. Comedy can be so sad. It's so sad. Someone, I got a message from that show that she went to and my friend was like, I wasn't expecting you to be like so real. <laughs> I was like, i was just a little bit stressed. wonderful. Oh, I loved, <laughs> it. Wonderful. I loved every minute of oh. it and I loved the tights and I loved the whole
2: thing. It was, it slow. Awesome. It was so a mess. It but was yeah, great. Thank you. Anyways. She looked wicked hot, you guys. Yeah. But I, I – f- Also effortless. Oh, effortlessly wicked ahead. hot. God, go on.
1: No. <laughs> um, we just want to make you cry stuff. So. Yeah. The good cries. This is a happy The goals cry. cry. Yeah, goals. Um, <laughs> I am goals crying right now. <laughs> goals tears. I, I really questioned want... within myself if I was the proper vessel to deliver this information. Mm-hmm. I knew that the idea was so in my heart, but I was like, oh, maybe I just produce it and somebody else sits – here with the microphone in front of them. Mm. And in this year and a half that we've been doing this every week, like I have feel there's no place I feel more comfortable now than in front of this microphone. Mm. And that was growth. That was, I think, I don't think in my adult life there's been anything other than working out in which practice makes perfect has run so true mm. in that you just have to keep doing it. And even if it's scary. There's something so beautiful in in facing that. Now it's you know it's my favorite thing to do every week. So there you go. Mm. Who's
0: crying now? Me. I'm very I love that. dead inside. <laughs> 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 um, yes. Even though I feel like it's sweet what you're saying, I can't oh, acknowledge yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like,
2: yeah, you can just not smile. But, but, so but cool. I love that because really, it's a lesson about perseverance. Yeah. You know, again, people think, oh, you achieve goals of xyz and then you're just on one like then you're just perfect and that's not how it works no matter what you've done no matter what you're doing there's always going to be something that's challenging and we'll all be sitting around having this conversation in two years and there'll be like 18 new challenges added to the plate and you know it's like that that night you're saying you were kind of having a rough time and you got up and you did it anyway right and you were nervous that maybe you didn't have the experience and you came in here and you did it anyway and there's a lot of things that I'm working on right now I've started writing again and I'm doing it anyway because it means something to me and I think when you take the pressure off of what's everybody else going to think about this and speaking to what you said it's just so in your heart that you work on it totally things can really change
0: And I think what I'm learning, too, is, like, that voice that, like, tells you you can't, it doesn't really go away. It just kind of, like, takes a backseat. Where you're like, all right, cool. You're just my passenger, and, like, I can just turn off the music.
2: I love that. You know, it's like... It's honestly like having a toddler. Yeah. And you can either let it be a monster and throw a temper tantrum in the middle of like your kitchen or throw it in the back seat with an iPad and be like, here, you petulant small child, (laughs) distract yourself. Yeah. I'm gonna listen to the new Beyonce record while you watch cartoons. Like leave me alone. Exactly.
0: Yeah. You can't let it get the best of you. And I think that's a really big struggle. Like I had that where I thought I could there was something that I could do to like make it go away, or like Mm. and that's just like N- the resist resistance is what cre- it creates like more resistance mm-hmm. so when you're like I don't want you there it's just like it gets louder it's like well it gets bigger more child metaphor yeah. of, like the more longer you if you don't ignore something it just keeps screaming or whatever you know when you're right. like babysitting and you try to like give it attention and it's just like ah it just keeps getting louder because it's like f- it's being fed by just you looking mm-hmm. at it and if you're just like okay D- don't die but I'm gonna look over here okay. <laughs> It yeah, it's usually like it just gets bored of itself right and
2: you can either allow it to be this annoying toddler who's not your child thus is not cute to you right or you can placate it and and feed into it in ways that you don't mean to be and then suddenly it's the hulk and it's gonna kill you yeah. and then you're like you know stuck in your house on your three-day holiday weekend crying watching Netflix and like feeling miserable and wondering what's wrong with you and and it is you're right it's it's up to you to kind of Put it in the back seat and just
0: move along. And be like, oh, you're funny and cute, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes
2: those Netflix and cry moments are just, like, part of it. Oh, I know. But here's yeah. the thing. I've <laughs> accepted that I'm never going to get through life where I don't have that experience sometimes. Right, same. And, and accepting that I'm just going to be prone to that and that I have tremendous anxiety and that I also you know, they finally have categorized that there are introverted extroverts. And I'm like, thank you. I've been saying this for years. Yeah, I'm a super outgoing, like, start a dance party in the street at New York Pride. Like, let's do this. And also sometimes, like, even just being looked at makes me want to cry. And when you can accept that both of those things, at least I've had to accept that both mm. of those things are going to be true for me forever, getting through life gets easier because now I don't think... I don't think anymore. Like, if I just meditated more, if I exercised more, if I, like, created more endorphins in my body and I ate healthier and I did this and I did that, then I'd just be happy. Right. Then I'd stop being anxious. Like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be anxious forever. Mm-hmm.
0: So, moving on. Also, like, the state of the world is so anxious. Like, no matter how much work you do on yourself, like, everywhere you look, it's, like... Everyone's dying. Everything's awful. Like, right. ah, Like, even if it's not about you, you can't help but, like, soak that in in some way.
2: And I also think when you're a person who's doing the work and your own vulnerability grows and, and your sort of empathy channel gets more real and more open, there's no way to not be affected by that kind of energy. Yeah. It's impossible. And I'd never want to live in a way where I was like, oh, look at all that tragedy, but I'm so happy. Yeah. Like, that's not cool either. Brunch? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I I think it is constantly about just looking at all of this stuff and figuring out how you're going to carry what you need to carry, how you're going to accept the stuff you're carrying that you really don't want to carry, but you have to. And, and how to then, like,
0: be nice to yourself in mm-hmm. the process. So let's ask you, um, what are some things that you're doing in, like, the wellness world? Like, to be nice to, to yourself. To be nice mm. to yourself.
2: Well, it's funny. When I when I get over the, like, oh, I should exercise more. Oh, why don't I meditate every single day? Oh, Ugh, I, I have
0: those same conversations. It's so exhausting. I hate on myself in a way that is
2: profound
0: yeah like
2: when i've let people in on it truly they're just like i can't believe you live like that
0: do people say to you you don't seem like that
2: oh every day (laughs) they're like you seem like the most confident person (laughs) and i'm like if you could live in this head you'd cry yeah um it's hard it no matter what i look at everybody and i'm like everybody's having a struggle Mm -hmm. like let's just be nice do you want to have mexican food you (laughs) want a taco what's going on um Can I make you an iced tea? I have 75 containers of it in my fridge. Anyway, truthfully, I have not been taking very good care of myself. I've just been, like, tired. I'm over-traveled. I'm underslept. And I have been like, I don't care. I'm going to have Mexican food every day. I need to, like, chill out a little. But what I realize when I'm in a position like that is rather than go oh, you're eating like a monster, you're not sleeping, you're not exercising, so your endorphins are low, and also you feel terrible because all your clothes are tight. Like, take a beat. And it's and it's the incremental stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think about it, and, and for the last couple of weeks, I've been really good about doing my tinctures of zinc and vitamin B12 every day. Good. Putting it in my water in the morning. Cool. Going to boost my immune system. Maybe that will help me sleep better. A, Um, B, I mean, you know this about me, like, all my friends laugh at me, stuff because I could drink coffee from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. Like, if I could live on 13 iced coffees a day, that would be my happiest (laughs) life. same. But it's not, it's not okay. Like, coffee's actually quite good for us. When, you know, that study came out, what, like two years ago that said, uh, you know, a cup of coffee every day can help prevent Parkinson's I was like I knew that this was (laughs) lifeblood yeah um and so but even little things like Elizabeth when she came to visit me last in Chicago brought all of this whole like matcha kit and I love matcha but I've never made it for myself so I ordered her little matcha kit and now it's like cool I'm gonna have a cup of coffee or two in the morning and then for the rest of the day I'm gonna do matcha because it's really good for me it has other health benefits and that feels As silly as it might sound, that feels like a win for me.
0: I started drinking the coffee with the mushrooms in it for Stigmatic. I don't know what that is. Thanks, Co-op Agency, for introducing that to us. It's coffee. It's, uh, what is it? Instant coffee mixed with through. chaga and cordyceps, which is like those are the two really healing mushrooms. So, I want that. It's really good. It's, it's like okay. way less acidic coffee. So, I, um, excuse me,
2: coffee company, if you're listening, we'd like more of that for stigmatic,
0: please. Great. Yeah. So, I, I'm like, okay, I'm drinking coffee, but I'm also getting my healing mushrooms in, and it's, it's like, really good in smoothies, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, I have to try that. Really I a love smoothie.
2: that. Yeah. delish. Um, Okay, so I'm doing those things. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that. On the subject of meditation, I was in New York a couple of weeks ago working, and a friend talked to me about this headband.
0: Oh, we've tried it. Muse. Mm-hmm. So I
2: just got it. Because oh, I'm awesome. like, okay, here's my thing. I have a hard time sticking to a meditation schedule. And just in the way that like Clue is the best app ever on your phone, to be like, why am I so sad today? Oh, wait, right, what's Clue? Ba- Hold up. hold yeah, we don't up. have you this. Guys, hold on. I'm literally gonna show you what it looks like. Do they have it for
1: it? Android? <laughs> I don't
2: know, but look at it. You so that's what? what it looks like. The logo's actually a mandala. I can't see. It's this gorgeous little okay. thing, Sorry. and it's like a. Four it's times. a. It's a tracking app for your cycle, but it gives you all of this data. There's all of these Oakley categories. Mm-hmm. But it 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 starts to learn you. And and you can put in everything about your exercise habits, your eating habits. It asks you how mm-hmm. your mood is. It asks you what your physical symptoms are. And then what it does is over the first couple of months that you use it, it learns you. And so it'll start warning you about things and being like, oh, you know, have you noticed that every day, three days before your period, you cry? Like... And then you just feel less alone.
0: Oh, wow. Um, I know, because it does get kind of dark.
2: Yeah. A couple of days before my period. Listen, <laughs> and everyone has a different symptom. Like, for me, I don't typically get emotional, but I get so rabidly hungry for salt. Like, mm. you couldn't give me... I could eat seven bags of potato chips and still feel like I wanted to dump a container of seesaw all over my face. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. And it's nice for me to sort of have the hard data to look at that explains that. And in the same way that I love data for this, I love, you know, it's the reason I love my Google Calendar. Like, it keeps me organized. You download that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, game changer. And you can color coordinate it. So when you're completely OCD, it's like a dream. Um, but the interesting thing about this muse thing is that it's giving me data. And and while I know sort of ethereally and emotionally that meditating makes me feel good, there's a really interesting thing to be able to track the data of your brainwaves mm-hmm. and actually see the numbers of of what it's doing for you. It it just helps me bolster myself to think oh this is tremendously important
1: and also the birds of it it's yeah like you can really kind of if you're I a competitive know. one you
2: can be like bird yeah. remember how many <laughs> birds i got yeah <laughs> stephanie
1: did so well the first time and we didn't even know what the birds meant or so just just some backstory so muse is an app and it what does it, it measures like a brainwave technology
2: yeah right yeah.
1: and um Tracks your calm, essentially, Mm -hmm. to help you meditate. And and when you hear birds, like a slight bird in the background, you then know you're, like, reaching a certain level of calm. Mm. I was
0: like, turns out I'm enlightened. So the more (laughs) birds
1: you hear, kind of, like, the higher you score. Right,
2: and when you're hyper-stressed, it's, you know, it's basically like you're meditating in front of the ocean. And when you're crazy stressed out and you can't relax, the ocean gets really stormy. Mm. So you sort of Mm -hmm. have these subconscious audio cues to help you, to help support you, basically. So you got all the birds.
0: She did so well. I was feeling
2: really good about we it. We tried it up <laughs> in, in Utah,
1: up at the Summit House yeah. for the first time. I mean,
0: it's probably I was so really relaxed. Pretty... I was like sitting on a mountaintop, like <laughs> nothing could bother me. If it You're tried. Like, I'm in the most gorgeous place on the planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Right. So um, the Muse app.
0: How, yeah, you got to keep us posted also on reward how your birds. based. I feel like that's something like we are. are we've been bred in such a reward-based society, like Mm. from the time that we're young, like grades and jobs and whatever. And so it's like to have something that helps you meditate that's like, you're doing good, like you got birds, like Mm. yay. I think that people respond that they want to do better for themselves when they can see results.
2: Also for me, it just helps having a routine. I check my calendar every morning. It's something for me to look at that is just outside of myself enough that it feels like it's more of a task but I mean that in a really good way. I have a very hard time establishing routine for myself if it's just a nice thing for me. Mm. I I've, I never learned how to do that. I don't think a lot of women learn how to do that. It's like, this is how you show up for school. This is how you show up for your job. This is how you show up for your boyfriend. This is how you show up for everybody else in the world. And, you know, then, you know, people make plenty of jokes about it. But it's like, well, that's why, like, so many middle-aged women in America are, like, chugging a glass of Chardonnay with a Xanax. Like, everybody's miserable and stressed and I don't want to be that person but I don't have the practice of self-care in the way that I think so many of us need to mm-hmm. and so having something that reminds me to do something for myself is much better for me than just trying to remember to do it on my own mm-hmm. cuz I can always make an excuse not to do something for me and take care of something for work or make sure I get that thing written or make sure I write that speech or make sure, you know, I'll do the laundry, I'll rehang the gallery wall in my house, like whatever. <laughs> there, there's always a thing to do. So carving out space and and really making it something is helpful for me. Mm, I love that. How long have you been using it? I mean, I, it just came. I've had it for Exciting. what day is today? Tuesday? I've had it for six days.
0: So fun. Very exciting. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That? It's like a friend that you get to hang out with. You, yeah, it's great. You
1: mentioned speech writing. And yes. And I know you recently gave a very exciting speech. Can you talk to us about
2: that? Um, yes. I guess this could be one of my things for wellness. Um, writing has been something I've been trying to get back to in the same way that I'm trying to carve out time to just read more because it fills me up. Um, having conversations about the things that truly matter to me is something that adds to my life in the same way that we know that if you, you go for a hike with your best friends, your endorphins go through the roof. There's something about um, convening people to talk about what matters and, and also realize there's enough people to convene to not feel hopelessly alone in the face of the scary things in the world. Mm. Um, it's very exciting. And so I recently spoke at the United State of Women's Summit in Washington, D.C., the first lady and the president put on this entire day. And it was honestly one of the more surreal experiences of my life. I mean, I was sitting in the audience and I'm watching Gloria Steinem and Nancy Pelosi and these incredible activists and schoolgirls from Africa. And I mean, women from all over the world of sort of every stature of like being in the public eye or having this crazy experience or working in government or whatever. Um, you know, literally fighting to change the world that they live in so they can go to school. I, and my mind was so blown and 5,000 people showed up to be a part of this and to talk about the state of women in our country and in the world and and the fact that, yes, we've come so far when you think about our grandmother's lives to our lives, but we still have so much to do. Not far enough. And we can't get lazy. We can't go, oh, things are pretty good because the backslide that happens the minute that you're not vigilant is insane. And so it was just the most incredible day. The president gave one of the most moving speeches I've ever heard in my life as you know, the executive officer of our country and also as a father and a husband, I just was like, you are the best person. He is. You know? Uh. Oh, like, I don't know what we're going to do without him. <laughs> and, then, and then not two hours after he had spoken, and obviously people spoke in between us, but I walked out on that stage, and I stood in the center of the stage, and I had this, like, out-of-body experience, and I was like, holy shit, I'm just like a kid from Southern California who fell in love with telling stories, doing plays at her all-girls high school where, like, sometimes she played the girl roles and sometimes she played the boy roles. And <laughs> I'm standing on this stage in Washington, D.C., having just spoken to the president about how his kids are doing, how awesome his daughter's graduation was, the movie I just started working on in New York over the summer. And and we, like, had this conversation like buds.
0: Like just homies. And then, <laughs> and then
2: I walk out on stage and I'm talking to 5,000 people about girls global girls access to education all around the globe and what the statistics look like and what the numbers look like and how it's not just some moral imperative but it's actually a socioeconomic necessity it's the way that we raise the GDP it's the way that we beat terrorism it's the way that we literally change the planet and it's morally important like fucking duh and and it was just so weird and and then I got to introduce Marley Diaz who's an 11-year-old girl who started the 1000 black girls books campaign uh, because what? she's the you guys she's one of the most brilliant kids I've ever spoken to in my life. Her vocabulary is next level. Like the average words in her lexicon, I'm like you should be speaking at Harvard. Who are you? You're 11? <laughs> are you sure? She's such an old Explain soul. Explain that book project really quickly. So she realized that as an avid reader and a lover of literature from a young age, none of the heroes in any of the books she was reading in school looked like her. And her mom is so amazing. Both of her parents are amazing. I hung out with them at the summit as well. And they just said, okay, well, you're a voracious reader. We'll get you other books. And she starts rattling off statistics about this author won the National Book Prize for this book and so-and-so is a Nobel laureate and so-and-so is a da 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 But we only read these books in school. And some of these books are super cool. Like, yeah, every kid should read Catcher in the Rye. But why aren't we reading... And she goes off on this whole list, and I'm like, I need your book list, and I read a lot, and I need your book list. And she just said, you know, in the same way that it's really important for the women who watch you on TV be the female in a room of guys and be just as capable, as as strong, as smart, as thoughtful, as good at, like, you know, being this undercover police officer which is what I play, by the way, for anyone out there who's like, who is this girl? Anyway, um, you know, she was like, just as it's so important for women to see that you can do that job, it's really important for me to know that a girl who has my skin color can do anything too. And I sat there having this profound conversation backstage with an 11-year-old girl about socioeconomic stature and racial equality and gender equality and sexual equality. And and I was like, you're the coolest person I've ever met. Talk about goals. Like yeah. goals. 11-year-old grown-up <laughs> goals. Yeah, um, and, and so – you know, I gave a four minute speech to 5,000 people and then I brought Marley out on stage with me and we did a talk. And I basically was her moderator. So I got to interview her in front of all these people. So every young girl at that summit also had an experience of a leader who could be her. Mm. Oh. In, in that moment, I realized that, that what Marley wanted in books was what every young girl who was a guest that day was having watching her on stage doing a panel with me And then we got off the stage, and two hours later, Michelle Obama's up there doing a panel with Oprah, and I'm like, what is life? (laughs) Like, everything is so crazy right now. All of the dreams I ever had as a kid are, like, coming true, and I've now done multiple events with Michelle talking about Let Girls Learn, which is her campaign, and the Girl Project, which is my campaign, and how we're working to make sure girls everywhere have education so they can grow up and be like Marley. Like, bye! You know, my brain and my heart just exploded everywhere. Uh.
1: That's so amazing. Real goals, real yeah. goals. It was amazing. <sighs> that's so incredible.
2: It was amazing. And you know what? It's the kind of thing, that's not my work, but it's, it's my passion. And because of what it does for my soul and how important I think it is to have these conversations for the world, I've gone out there and I've pursued it in what incremental ways I can. Mm. And suddenly I'm, like, being bookended by the president and the first lady. And I'm like, goodbye. <laughs> like... If I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I'd be fine with it. And it was pretty, well, you know, not. knock on wood. I don't want that to happen. No, I plan on being very old and, like, having these conversations with you guys over margaritas until we're 90. But you know Perfect. what I mean. Perfect. Yeah. Yes.
1: What advice do you have for people who want to give back? Like, I think that we can all find our niche and our purpose. Mm.
0: And yep, I've got a
1: little bow on my brush right now. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Are you wearing your
0: real bra? I am. What's happening? I don't know. You went on a trip and now you're wearing bows on your bra?
1: But this is something <laughs> that you know, um, I just returned from this leadership trip in Israel, which I know you did the trip a couple years ago. Mm. And there's such and and the climate in israel is so reflective of the world and that it's so beautifully complex so mm. complex but so beautiful and i felt really as, as we all did and as as when you go through a trip such as this that's that's focused on leadership and really opening your eyes getting woke if you will to mm. to the world around us really stepping into our power as that we can all make a difference in at least some way mm-hmm. absolutely so what do you think or what would you advise for someone who's just like, I see the problems in the world. How can I help?
2: Hmm. Um, I think that very often we get stopped by that fear that we've been talking about. You know, you sit down and you go, well, who's going to listen to me? Who's going to care? But people care. And you don't have to be the president. You don't have to be a Nobel Peace Prize winner to to create change. You know, I've seen 15-year-old kids decide they want to donate their birthday to charity and sign up for a fundraising page on CrowdRise. And they've raised 500 bucks and that 500 bucks has changed the lives of more people than they can imagine. You know, you don't have to wait until you're, a 65-year-old CEO with a Maserati in your garage to, like, start giving a percentage of your checks to charity because it's a tax write-off. Like, fuck that. We have changed. Our generation has changed that. We want to have impact now. And we want to know that we're leading meaningful lives. And I think that that's a great place to start, you know. Figure out something that you're passionate about and decide that you want to do something. And, And whether that means... You know, hey, my family and I this year for the holidays aren't going to do gifts or like maybe we'll get we'll each get each other a book, but we're going to as a family raise money for a charity or I'm going to start volunteering my time every Tuesday night to walk the dogs at the local shelter in my neighborhood because they're attention starved and sad or I want to see if there's any way that I could go, you know, on a trip and See what's happening for women and their education systems in Ghana. Like, do it. Do what you believe in. And if you're looking for a place to start, you know, CrowdRise is a great option. They're a fantastic charity site that, like, you you get on and you sign up for a profile in the way that, like, you'd sign up for a Facebook page. But you can start fundraisers for the things you care about. So let's say it's breast cancer. You can search breast cancer and over – a million and a half registered charities on their site. Like they'll show you all the breast cancer ones and you can decide. Um if you're a freak about women's education access like I am, go to the girlproject.com. See what we're up to. We're working on breaking down the barriers to secondary school education for girls in 96 countries including the United States. I wanted to work abroad and in my next door neighborhood. And so that's why the Girl Project means so much to me. And we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for someone to donate a birthday. Like help us fundraise, figure out how to get involved, you know, come and hang out. Have have conversations about those kinds of statistics around your dinner table and change things for your family um, or for your friends or for your partner, whatever. I think people don't realize the ripple effect they can have by just doing one thing. They can really create an energetic change uh, in everyone around them.
0: Yeah, even looking at, like, little things in your life. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, how can I be of service in, like, very small ways? Like, Mm -hmm. it helps. Absolutely. Even just, like, little things. Like, going out of your way for someone that you're friends with or something. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. I can go pick that up for you. Or I can, you know, just, like... I mean, what a game changer, right? Yeah, so small and so easy. Yeah.
2: I was home... Uh, I had, like, the last time I was here, well, this isn't making any sense. I just got back. I'd been out of town working. And the last time I was home, I was only home for three days. And I had so much stuff to do. And one of my best friends literally came over to bring me coffee and was like, you're super stressed. How can I help? And I said, there really isn't anything. You know, it's stuff that I have to do. I have to fix this. I have to do that. I've got to return that. And I had to return coffee. like a Wi-Fi box that I was no longer using, but that I was being billed for those still every the month. the
0: worst. The worst. I think <laughs> and they still have an outstanding <laughs> Time Warner bill for like $900 yeah. for one of those things.
2: Absolutely. And she was like, yeah, but I'm going to run errands in that neighborhood in the morning. Give it to me. I'll return it for you. And it was, honestly, I cried. I was like, this is the not I don't even know what that means. So like, small yeah. and it's so easy for I was for like, her. you're going to go to Time Warner <laughs> and like stand in that awful line? Like that's basically like standing at the DMV. And she was like, I'm going to go when they open because I am an early bird and I will already be out on the road getting coffee and doing the 80 things I have to do tomorrow. And it's going to take me five minutes and it would be my pleasure because yeah. you're packing to leave again. You're never in your own home. And I was like, you're the, my friends are the best. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and it's true. It's like, There's so many tiny things we all can do. And to that effect, there's a lot we can do. But I also think we all need to be better about asking for help. Yes. Mm. Because we've been taught to be such islands. And I never would have asked anyone to do that for me. But realizing what not a big deal it was to her, that's how I am with people. I'm Mm -hmm. like, of course I'll do this. Do you need me? I'll go pick your dog up from the dog walker or I'll go get whatever. Or I'll get dinner on the way to your house. Don't worry about it. And I never think... To ask anyone to do the things that I love to do for other people. Mm. And and you realize that when you just ask someone for help once in a while or whenever you need it,
0: they're so excited. It's like so not a big deal. Never. As soon as it comes out of your mouth, you're like, oh, yeah, why was I making that into why a thing? Why was I
2: so worried like that this was going to be a problem? freakishly neurotic
0: about asking my friend for something. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and all your friends ever want to do is ask for help. My Mm -hmm. girlfriend Era was the one who said that to me. She like took me by the shoulders. Era cats, my god, best person on the planet. She like grabbed me by the shoulders and like basically shook me, and was like, "You show up for anything any one of us has ever needed. Ask you to do whether it's support of a business or a birthday party or whatever. Start asking us for help." And I was like that's really hard for me you know but it's it's such a cool thing when somebody reminds you that they want to love you just as much as you want to love them
0: oh that's beautiful
2: and I think that if we tried to take care of the world in the same way like big or small just figure out a way to put a little bit of love out there for something or someone that you care about that's that's actually kind of a tiny little revolution
0: Recently, I bought a pack of cigarettes for a young hoodlum. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, not really
2: on the wellness trend. No, but, but he wasn't. You seem to need
0: these. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't able to buy them, and the guy was giving him a hard time. So I just like put my hand out for his cash when I was behind the counter, mm-hmm. and he like. <laughs> I heard what he ordered, and I was just like, "Give me your cash." And he handed it to me, and I was like, "Newports." Oh God, I don't support this. Like, he has face tattoos. Like, he needs (laughs) needs that. It's for the vibe. Yeah, and you know what? He gave one to another person, another person, and and I watched it all happen. I was like, "I did that." that (laughs) And listen, you never
2: know, though. Like that kid could be chain smoking because he's three weeks sober. Exactly. Think about how many people. (laughs) Who we like, how many people do you know who've struggled with addiction who now their one vice is smoking? And they need it. And I don't love it, but I'm like, look, I'd much rather you have a cigarette right now than like go have ten beers and die. One hundred percent. So like go to your meeting and here's your pack of cigarettes. Like addiction. You could have actually really
0: helped him on whatever his path was. And just like This is so silly and I feel like it could be a bit, but like just the idea that like someone like him and someone like me, like our paths like don't cross. And I'm sure that we both look at each other in like a certain way that the world Mm -hmm. has like conditioned us. So it was just like one kind of like really sweet moment of like humanity where where I was like very nice to him. And I feel like there would be other situations where like if he saw me, he would never expect me to even like engage, it was like I walked away and I was like, "That was weirdly like spiritual, even though it was over like a pack of Newports." Right. You but did something really cool recently. Teamwork. Wait. Yeah, yeah. It Team was work. yeah. Hmm.
1: I wanted to Elizabeth like mention- stay on She's top. Like, no, anyways, it's we're talking about <laughs> for far too
0: long. Um, no, I. FYI, I for people
2: it. wondering, because I get asked this every day, I do not smoke. I did not get this voice smoking. I've always sounded like this since I was nine. Please don't smoke. Moving on. You have the best voice. I appreciate I that. I love it. Everyone either thinks I have a cold or that I smoke a pack a day. And I'm like, actually, neither. I'm pretty healthy and I don't do that.
1: Um, on that giving back <laughs> tip uh, recently, I saw via the internet that you did a really cool uh, closet clean out.
2: Yeah, tell us about that.
1: is it still available for people to shop it?
2: Um, well, it's interesting, actually. I just I just heard, and you know, I get it. Um, but that there's there were I don't know. I think like eighty items or something that like didn't actually get paid for. Like people won them, mm-hmm. and then you know maybe the bids went too high or something. Who knows? Who cares? But all of those things are going to go back up on the eBay auction, awesome. which is super cool. Um, but yeah, I again, it was the sort of thing that was a multifaceted experience. I realized I was, I I felt crushed under the weight of just stuff. Mm. Um, So I did a huge clean out with our good friend and comedian who you've worked with, Jackie Tone, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, of stuff. Literally like we cleaned out of my, the storage unit I used to share with my parents and like my garage and all this random stuff. We got like probably a couple rooms worth of furniture for a PATH move in. Um, PATH is an organization that moves formerly homeless families in L.A., Into homes, and it's the best. Best So we did a clean out of everything from like furniture, kitchenware, whatever, donated all of that stuff. And then also knowing how important it is to like reduce reuse in the fashion space because nobody likes to talk about the fact that fashion is actually the number two polluter industry in the world. Um, ooh, it's great. It's little <laughs> little scary, scary. Um, you know, I, we, we in our in our group of friends, we love a good clothing swap. Like, come over, see what I have that I'm bored of. Let me see what you have that you're bored of. Great, like everybody gets new stuff. So Ugh, um, I need one of those, right? Like, oh, we should yeah. do that before yeah. I leave we yeah. Chicago for sure. But so, my girlfriend Corey, um, that's actually sort of her business model. She's incredible. Her senior thesis in high in college was. This company, off and it's like an, an, yeah. a luxury website for, you know, fancy stuff. And she does these auctions for clients. So she'll come to your house every three months, six months, whatever, clean it out. She literally started this business with $36 in her bank account as like a graduate and is killing
0: it. Amazing. And is like
2: a super successful blogger and just incredibly inspires me. Yeah, she does the awesome. thing, pursues her passion, loves it. So she helped me clean out my closet in Chicago and my closet here in L.A., which also makes it tricky living in two states. It's like you don't realize the amount of stuff you accumulate, and then suddenly I was like, I'm a hoarder. I might die. <laughs> this, this stuff is going to fall on me, and I'm literally going to, like, die under handbags. But it will be chic. Um, <laughs> it will be very chic death. <laughs> so we we cleaned all of this stuff out, and she was like, you know, we, we hired extra staff. We, like, we had to do a lot. To make it work, because it was an insane—I mean, it was over fifteen hundred pieces. Wow! Shoes, bags, accessories, clothes—like mayhem. I was so mortified, slash, kind of impressed. I was like, "You go, girl, <laughs> crazy <laughs> self." Um, and and yeah, like once, obviously, like her whole company and like everybody we hired to like shoot the things and catalog the things and tag the things and ship the things. You know, once all of those lovely people get paid, we're going to take whatever the proceeds, whatever, like, percentage of the proceeds are left, um, which I think is going to be a lot Mm because everybody was pretty dope about, like, working for reasonable amounts of money. Anyway, Mm -hmm. far too long of an explanation. Um, We auctioned all of this stuff off to benefit the Girl Project because at the end of the day, there's stuff I've worn that I'm not going to wear anymore, but I know somebody wants because it's so cool. I just have done it. I've used it. I'm bored. Um, and it's been really fun because a lot of the girls who won auction items in the last week have been tweeting me photos of being like, can't believe I got this dress. Oh my God. I remember I saw this necklace on your Instagram and now it's mine. And this is so so cool. cool. And it's like, it's been so fun because everyone's so happy. And, and, you know, our, our executive who's running all of our finance stuff at the Girl Project, who's literally helping us get girls to school is like, what does this mean? Like, we're going to. This is so much extra money that we didn't know we were going to have. And I'm like, well, everybody wins. That's so beautiful. Everybody's really happy. And, and I don't feel like my, you know, shelf of shoes is going to crush me in my sleep anymore <laughs> <laughs> good. It's a win-win, It is truly. a win-win-win, win-win, like a trifecta.
1: <laughs> so you touched on this a little bit, but um, we always talk to our guests about the rituals that they have to stay grounded. Mm. I know you mentioned... The B12 and the zinc, just like and mm-hmm. we're huge proponents of just like the little thing mm-hmm. that that allows you to like get in your flow for the day. And also that it can constantly change. Mm-hmm. So is there anything right now that you're doing that's that's really opening your heart or like getting you grounded? Um
2: you know it's interesting, really just trying to make some space for myself because I don't have a ton of time and like even technically when I'm off I'm always working because stuff comes up you have to fly here, you have to go do this, you have to do that and whatever and that's great Like I understand that it's a champagne problem but when you're exhausted you're exhausted mm-hmm. and and the stuff that looks nice from the outside that that the highlight reel does really well <laughs> is still really hard and I'm just trying to create those tiny rituals because they then motivate me to do more you know when when you're just busy 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 you kind of don't stop but if I stop myself to put that zinc and that b12 in my water I'm also more likely to like cut a lemon and put a lemon wedge in it because we know that lemons are alkalizing like hey look you know more birds one stone and 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 I find that it can really kind of have a domino effect I've also been trying to sit down and properly have
0: lunch. Thank you. My roommates stand and eat, and it drives me fucking insane.
2: It's a really big deal. Yeah. It is the way that you reset the middle of your day, and even if your morning has gotten out of control, whatever, I actually think it's a a very profound thing to sit down, put away your phone.
0: Not be doing something else.
2: Not be doing something else. Not read something else. And I'm not always successful. Sometimes I make it 10 minutes, whatever, But I am trying to stop my day in the middle of the day. And what I find, even as I'm talking to you about it, I want to do it. I try to sit up. I try to roll my shoulders back, fix my posture, like lift my head up. Everybody has neck problems because we're always bent over our food, our phones, our computers. Even just trying to realign my body, then I find that if I do that, I might like do a little shoulder spread. I might do a little stretch. We all just collectively sat up. We're all sitting (laughs) up. and, And I really find that it's when you, when you make that small change, it reminds you to do the other things that sometimes feel like, I don't have time for that today. I don't have time for myself today. Just give yourself five minutes. Like five minutes can change your day. And if I sit down to eat lunch and then I sit up straight and then I push my chin back and like properly breathe into my lungs for the first time, I might also close my eyes and just take five deep breaths and then my day's different. And I'm actually grounded. Then my body feels tended to, even if it's momentary. And there, there's a really, I think, powerful shift in all of that.
0: And don't listen to that voice when it tells you you don't have time. Yeah, That's it's all like, habits. Yeah, it's Five minutes habits. isn't a long period of time. You spend 30, I mean, I know you guys spend 30 minutes a day on Snapchat, at least. Everyone on Snapchat, like, do you ever look at a story and then all of a sudden it's like, You've looked at ten stories and mm-hmm. you have no idea how long you've just been looking at your phone for. Of course, like maybe take those five minutes and just like <laughs> straighten up your back or something. Put it away. Right. That's like stresses me out when I look at Snapchat and then it. I don't know what time where time went. I get really anxious. Like mm-hmm. I'm wasting my whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get. It.
2: I actually have a friend who started setting, to try to like change those internet habits mm. because internet addiction is a very real thing. Who started setting a timer. Mm. So literally, like, cool. I want to look at Instagram right now. Like, Siri set a five-minute timer, and then when the timer went off, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what story you're watching, what photo you're looking at. Like, done. I'm into that. And you give yourself five minutes here, five minutes there, whatever, however you determine it. But I thought that that was really interesting. And yes, that's then a habit you have to create. But, like, how long does it take to give Siri a command on your phone?
0: I don't know how to work, Siri, but I'm sure it's not very long. <laughs> I don't think it's hard. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Siri, uh, are you listening? <laughs>
2: Siri, help Siri, us. Siri, can you set a 10-minute reminder for Juice for um, the rest of my life? Sophia
1: Bush <laughs> seriously drops the mic. You are so incredible.
2: I love you. Thank
1: you. We love you. Thank you so much for for coming and sharing Your brain with us today.
0: Yeah, come back. It was so fun. So move back from Chicago. (laughs) I would love to. (laughs) I know.
1: And you are in Chicago. You are the star of Chicago PD, going into its fourth season on NBC. Damn, it just it happened like that.
0: It happened so quickly. Where did the
2: last three years go?
0: You should pitch a storyline where they should come to L.A. for the whole time. <laughs> I
2: know. I keep saying that to my boss, and he kind of is like, ha-ha. And I'm like, no, I'm really serious. You're like, I
0: want to go home. I'm like, what if
2: there was a guy who was, like, such a bad guy that nobody could catch him but the intelligence unit, obviously. And we had to go, like, hunt around for him in L.A., like, particularly in my neighborhood. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't really want to drive to, like, the studios in Manhattan Beach because that's far. Yeah. We'll that's see. That's hilarious. Awesome. I'll pray on it for you. So for they kind of like look at me like I'm adorable and roll their eyes and walk away and I'm like
1: (sighs) well we want to help you like grow your social media presence so why don't you tell us where uh (laughs) we can find you on and all those
2: uh well I I'm just Sophia Bush on Twitter and Instagram uh that's with a ph not an f and somebody (laughs) Who I think was just very sweet and like, I don't know what she's posting, but stole that on Snapchat. So I'm Sophia Bush Snaps, you know.
1: On on the Snap. And you're so good at it. I will say, one of the funniest, most weird moments ever was when we FaceTimed with Deborah Messing and you were teaching her how to Snapchat. And I was like, what goes
2: on? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she kept texting me and was like, wait, how did you do that? Wait, how did you do that on Snapchat? And I was like, okay, where are you? Are you home right now? And Elizabeth was visiting me, and so we Facetimed Deborah on my computer so that I could show her through the computer camera how to do certain things on Snapchat. And it, like it, that should have been on a show. That That was was so funny. So if you
1: follow Deborah on Snapchat, which she's very active, Deborah
2: Messing is fantastic on Snapchat, you guys, and maybe the most adorable person. We have you to thank for that. I appreciate that. That's incredible. Now, Now that she knows how to like do typeface in different font versions and colors, that's that's all me. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Take
0: credit where credit thank is Thank you. Listen.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, we love you. Thank you so much and uh, thank you.
2: Thanks, guys. Yes, yes that's a retrograde. retrograde!
1: It's time for Roses and Thorns
0: <laughs> <laughs> That was hilarious! What was that sound that just came out of your face? <laughs> Just my music,er Stephanie. Sorry. I didn't realize you were a gentle ballad singer a lot like a young Maya.
1: <laughs> I was thinking more of like a Karen Carpenter vibe, but. Okay. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, sure. whatever. Sure, whatever you're you
0: going for is what you are. Yeah. Um, so It's Roses and Thorns. Is it? Yes. Okay. Did you guys know that? Tell me what's a rose and what's a thorn. I got two. I got both. I got one of each. Oh. I came oh, pro days. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, um, So, my rose is yeah. the TV show Unreal. Okay. Please watch it. That's the scripted is version unreal. of the Bachelor-type <laughs> show. What a it lifetime. is, it's a Lifetime show that was actually originally an AFI short that was then picked up as a TV show, and it's based on behind the scenes of a Bachelor-type show called Everlasting. Oh, yeah. And it's... Fucking sick, like, and dark and twisted and funny and amazing. And Shiri Appleby, I did not know about her as an actress, but she's so so fucking good. And it was weird because I watched, I binged the whole series, like, episode one through ten in, like, less than 24 hours. I just, like, had a moment with myself. I needed it. It felt so good. And then I went and watched The Bachelorette, and I was like, oh, man, I feel like I can't really get into it as much because now I'm just wondering if behind the scenes... Just really darkness is happening. And I don't know. You just need to watch it. It's great. So there's that.
1: Love it. Whoa. They just started their season three, so you yeah, can binge I, and then get
0: caught up. I have to get woke, do season two before I do season three. Um, but I'll get there, guys. Yeah, we'll get there together. There's no rush. And then my thorn is my fucking chilesin in my eye. I'm sorry. That sounds like a... South, South American country. So you're gonna have to explain to me what you're talking. About. Um What it is is a sty, basically, that gets like infected to the point where the pore gets clogged, so the sty can't release because the pore is too clogged. It's and it, it's in your eyelid, and I had it like a couple months ago, and I got what he calls a micro surgery, which is like multiple needle injections in your eyelid which is very unpleasant by the way some of you might have seen that gem on my snapchat you're welcome um so i did that i got it treated and then it came back because i wore an old contact lens i had to work one day and i hadn't like i felt like i had no choice which i did i didn't have to wear it i shouldn't have but from that, it came back because it was, like, dirty. Oh, no. And I went back to the doctor, and he's like, we're going to need to do it again. You can probably see my eyes still kind of swollen and red. It looks a lot better than it has left. Well, it's been, a like journey, a week and a half, yeah. But he's like, oh, we're just going to have to do it again. Then the nurse comes in, and she's like, so we said that. Initially, we thought that your insurance was going to cover this procedure. But as it turns out, your insurance only covers the first – the visit fee, but it doesn't cover any, like, surgical procedure. Oh, woof. Yeah, so she brings me this bill, and it's essentially for, like, $1,400 twice. And so I just started crying. I was like, I don't, like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't pay that bill, and, like, I obviously need it again, but, like, if I can't pay one bill, like, how am I going to pay two? But, like, I don't have $1,400 for, like, fucking eye surgery. Like, yeah, you... You're saving that to get your eyes done later exactly. on. Exactly. It's in my savings for my <laughs> vanity. No. <laughs> no, so anyways, I start crying. So he leaves the room, he comes back, and he's like, I'm going to give you a deal. Like, it's – I'll give you, like, 60% off, and then I'll give you until October to pay it. So whatever. It was, like, fine, but – Layaway plan. So stressful. That's like so stressful. I don't understand, like, what my insurance – if my insurance just gets me in the door, but then I and but then I can't do anything about it, like, what's the point in having it? Like – do you know what I mean? So now it's like, well, now that you've come to this doctor and you know what's wrong with you, cool. We're not going to be able to treat you because it's too expensive. So now you can just go out into the world knowing what's wrong with you, having no idea how to deal with it. Like that's what I felt like was being presented to me, America. But it was a gift that he was so kind so and generous kind. and like trustworthy. Wait, yeah, that's my thorn. Just I'm so fucking sorry. Insurance and chilasons, and honestly, if you have any, this is what I've learned from the situation. If you have any eye sensitivity or dryness or anything, try not to wear eye makeup as much as possible. And then if you do – Every single night, you need to be doing hot compresses. Mm. The second that you stop doing it, that's when your your pores need to expand and like release the gunk. Otherwise, it builds up, and that's how you get the chilezing. Wellness tip: release the gunk. Release the gunk. Hot, just hot compress your eyes if you're wearing makeup. I think in general is like yeah. a solid note.
1: I'm so sorry. That's Thank you. kind of the worst. I know. That's but it's a hard thorn.
0: Weirdly, like the light at the end of the tunnel is that it's kind of causing me to have this like ritual with myself in the nighttime where I take my makeup off and I do it slowly and then I hot compress and slowly and it's it's a really like sweet self-care moment that I'm cultivating so that's what I'm taking away from it but I can't just like sleep at guys houses and not take my makeup off anymore which is like a real thorn. Worst. That's the real thorn of the situation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's the negative stem. So what do you have? Um I feel like I really touched on
0: your rose in the, the beginning. Rose.
1: Yeah. Um I just want to express deep amount of gratitude to the Schusterman Foundation who uh, brought us out on this trip. And if you guys want to check them out online, um, they have a whole bunch of initiatives, not just the ones um, bringing people to Israel to learn about Know what's going on over there, and and also learn about themselves, so that they can come back and and be of service in their lives. I'm very rose filled and heart filled and humbled by the experience. Her and nipples are hard. That's how. Yeah, I my nipples are fucking hard <laughs> for Israel, you guys. Um, but yeah, that major major rose on that front. So my my stem is that I can take the heart expansion that I experienced there and bring it into my daily life here. And uh, that's the goal. Yay. And lead. Be a leader.
0: Be a leader. (laughs) And as usual. And be goals. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. As usual, you guys, you can find us on the internet. Right. At retrograde on Twitter. Have you guys heard of
1: the internet? It's this thing. Some people use it. Some people don't. (laughs) We use it. Oh, you know what? I will say was very minimal on the internet while I was gone, and it
0: was amazing. But you were more active on Snapchat than I expected. Well,
1: because I was using it to just – I was saving everything. So I just was using it to, like, capture it for my own brain. Smart. Um, and then, you know, one day I'll probably – Compile Make it Make a all. montage. Yeah,
0: that's the that's the vision. An iMovie, perhaps. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Put um, it up
1: on Vimeo with the password. See ya.
0: Uh, oh damn! <laughs> You're making that really top secret.
1: Yeah. Um. No. But uh. Yeah. So also we are off next week due to Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Ce- celebrating this America Independence. Mm-hmm. Still love you, America. Even though your health care is fucked up and you don't have as good of hummus as Israel, but. That's another conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so find us on thatsoretrograde So Retrograde.com. You can find Steph at Steph Zimbari, me at Elizabeth Cott. And thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are goals. Shalom the goodbye one. Namaste listening.
0: Yes, that's so retrograde.